Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. Great. It's great to have you here with us today. We are looking forward to our guest who is just a dynamic person. I love meeting her and she's brightened my life for sure. But I want to remember all those people out there that are going through transitions right now, that they may find their life is a little up in the air. It's not exactly where they would have liked for it to have been. But this transition that they're going through can be gone through smoothly. And that's why Second Wind was created. In my own transition, I found there was a need to know where I could go and get some good advice. I could learn from others. I could know I was not alone in this transition, although mine was different than somebody's. But still, it's a transition, and it's adjusting, adjusting, adjusting to our lives. So... Second one was created just for you. And every guest that I have on offers you valuable information to help you move through whatever it is that you're facing. Now, today, we're going to be talking with Gail Trauco. And Gail is a delightful woman. She and I have been able to spend some time together. We just finished... um, a great experience at the Harvard Faculty Club at their business forum, experts forum, that was sponsored by the Entrepreneurship Student Club of Harvard Business School. That was organized by Clint Arthur, and we just have a, had a amazing, fun learning experience by being on that stage with. 60 other speakers. So it was a tremendous weekend. And I'm sure Gail is shaking her head going, yes, 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 because we had so much fun together. But let me tell you about Gail. Gail has a mission, and her mission is to help other women, other people. But she's so qualified. She started out as a certified oncology nurse and is the founder of the Pharmacon, a company that manages clinical trials. Gail is highly respected by her peers in the health and wellness industry. But she still finds time for her private practice where she feels she can make a true impact on the individual level, individual level. She does this by being a grief mediator, a psychic medium, angel therapist, practitioner, past life reader and transitionist, and certified hypnotherapist. Wow. Awesome. 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 So anyway, this Southern Belle who 
grew up in Foggy Bottom, North Carolina. I love that, Gail. Is so <laughs> I love that. That's like right out of a book. I can't real. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, she's just had a fascinating and I can't wait for her to come on. So hello, my dear. How are you? Hey Joyce, I'm awesome. How are you today? Oh, great. I'm even better because we're getting to share this time together. So I, how did you start this journey? I'm just like, oh, my gosh, from Foggy Bottom, North Carolina? Really? You know what? I'm from four <laughs> generations of Southerners that yes. came from the Civil War, the Great Depression, World War One, and World War Two. So my ancestors were very rural. They were all farmers, so they all knew lack. There was never enough money, never enough food. And it, yeah. so growing up with that background in the South, I kind of took that burden on myself to grieve my ancestors' loss. Yeah. Never knew what I was doing until I had the opportunity to, you know, you go through college and you read books and, you know, just working in clinical medicine. Finally, I was like, you know what? I'm not depressed. I'm grieving. Oh. And, And that's where front porch therapy came from. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even mention your wonderful, uh, uh, website and all that, but, but were you one the first to go to college in your family? I am the only person in my family uh, that has attended college. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. How do you think you you had that drive to? Because that's quite a that's try quite an that's a life changing, mind changing event for you to go on to college like that when you're the first. Well, uh, you know, we, I grew up in a house with no indoor plumbing, no telephone, no running water till I was in high school. Certainly oh no air gosh. conditioning. Oh, yeah, no color TV. Our neighbors around us, you know, owned some property next to us. You know, as color TV came along, you know, they bought one. Friday nights we'd go over and watch the Walt Disney Wonderful World of Living Color, you know, come <laughs> on their screen. And all of a sudden their kitchen door was closed to the outside because they bought an air conditioner. You know, oh, they had yeah. indoor plumbing. Yeah. Girl, I knew there yeah. was something better than living than camping day to day. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take you long, did it? <laughs> no, it didn't take me long at all to figure it out. I didn't want to camp for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. But you also made another transition that I think is a tremendous uh, information to those uh, listeners out there that are dealing with weight issues. And you also had in your family the 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 uh, what do I want to say issue of weight, yeah. uh, and you overcame that as well. Which is, if would you mind sharing that? Because I just think for those women that are struggling with weight issues, it's just really powerful. You know what? We're from a society. Everywhere I look, there are beautiful women, and I still feel like many days I'm not enough. Even though mm-hmm. at this point in time, I am probably more than enough and more than some people can have. Um, yes. <laughs> but, you know, you look, and we all think we need to be a size two. Well, a size two is really not reality. Yeah. So my grandmother was 450 pounds. Um, she died on the ER table of congestive heart failure. We didn't have mm-hmm. any health insurance, and this would have been in about 1992 that she passed away. And yeah. they didn't want to intubate her to do heart surgery because she was morbidly obese. Well, patients yeah. undergo surgery now that's certainly weigh more than 450 pounds. They um, do. 
Yeah, they really? Do. Yes, like these major gastric bypass patients you see, and you see a lot of this in the media, patients mm-hmm. can weigh 600 pounds. There will be a physician somewhere willing to take that risk to give them general yeah. anesthesia to give them a chance for life. Grief manifested in myself and me. The way for me to relieve my my family's grief was overeating. You know, it was a comfort comfort food, crack yes. barrel, um, yeah. sweet tea. And we grow up with a lack. And, you know, in my family, you ate what was put on the kitchen table. A lot of times yeah. it was biscuits and fat back, uh, <laughs> butter beans, uh, you know. Slices oh, yum. Yum, yum. You, I'm a southern you, girl. Oh, yum. Those are well, all good. Know, my yeah. grandparents had five kids to feed, so they gave us the best that they had. So right. growing up, you know, my weight began to be a battle. Yep. Yeah. And by the time I was 48, I couldn't bend over and tie my own shoes. And I said, honey, I got to get a grip with this. Mm. So, yeah. I, you know, I, was, yeah. I happened to be friends with a nurse in Louisville, Kentucky. They're working in my pharma business. And the lap band at that point was in clinical trial phase. Well, yeah. I met one of the premier leading surgeons in, in the United States and probably in the world today, Dr. Jeff Allen at Morton Hospital in Louisville. Well, the lap band was approved by the FDA in June of 2000. I had my surgery done in November of 2000. I wow. worked in Louisville all week on Friday morning. This was actually televised. Um, I've got some of the old video. My surgery is recorded. It's been on surgery. It was one of the early surgery broadcasts for the lap band, and I was mm. a did a lot of public speaking for them early on as an advocate for the device. Yes. Um, anything that's going to help you lose weight that you have to make a commitment to, you know, one day at a time, you know, it's day right. by day. You're not mm-hmm. going to lose 100 pounds in a day. You know, it takes time. And learning right. to retrain yourself that, you know, food is a comfort. You know, find something else that gives you that comfort. Now, right. for me, it's, you know, it's my dogs or my horses or um, sitting in a rocking chair is where I spend a lot of time when mm-hmm. I feel stressed. Yeah. Yeah. That rocking motion is really is amazingly helpful when we are in stress conditions. So, it is, and it's cheap. It's free. You know, everybody yeah. can own a rocking chair. <laughs> I know. So do you, as you said on your front porch rocking, do you have a nice view in some valley? That's what I'm envisioning. You know, I live in a rural rural area outside Atlanta, and I've got rocking chairs all on my front porch. I have rocking chairs in my office. Oh, me. I love it. Yeah. And so, cool. I, you know, I very much practice what I preach. But, you know, Joyce, growing up in the South, our family, years ago, everybody spent time on that front porch. You know, every day after school in the evening when people got home from work, on yep. Sundays after church. Think about yep. where our society was. People congregated. You talked through things. What did you do? You learned to deal with life on the front porch from all of your relatives. We've lost that in our society. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We've lost the family unit in our society. We're so spread out now that they just don't gather and we don't support each other that way. That's kind of a sad transition of this um, age, I think. But the trials were just, that was fascinating. I didn't know you were a star so early in your life here. Oh, I wouldn't call myself a star, but it was was my way of kind of saying, you know what, I've worked in clinical research all these years, and I know that this is the right thing for me. You know, the lap band is not a very invasive procedure. And actually, the man that invented the device, his name yep. is Vern Vincent. He flew from California and brought the device and went in the OR with me. 
that day for cool. my surgery. So I cool. know I was doing the right thing. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break now, and when we come back, we're going to be visiting more with Gail because she has, as you can tell, traveled a road with many challenges and just come out on top, and she's got valuable information for each of us to listen to and and put that into practice in our lives. So I look forward to the next section when we will be talking more about the other qualities and values that Gail has for us today. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing, Everything You Want to Know But Didn't Know What to Ask, with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific, you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in, and each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, And yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Welcome to Geraldine Tegelove Live. The show that shares with you the secrets of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding your life. Having pulled herself from the rubble of financial ruin and having gone on to create a highly successful career, Geraldine has become an expert in the art of transformation. She believes that it doesn't matter where you are right now, how overwhelmed you feel, or how impossible the task of turning your life around may seem. You can do it. Stay tuned as metaphysician, international best-selling author and intuitive, Geraldine Tegelov gives you the inner understanding and the outer practical how-to to to create your amazing life. Gain a fresh perspective on how to redefine, reinvent, and rebuild your life. Join Geraldine Tegelov live every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome. We're listening to Joyce and Gail. Gail Trauco, and she is a grief mediator and a life cycle coach. And her website is Gail uh, Front Porch Therapy, which I love. And that's exactly what she was talking to us about, rocking in the rocking chairs in her home, at her home, and the therapy of rocking and rocking is therapy even. So, Gail, we've talked, we just kind of alluded a little bit to this, but you spend a lot of, your very first statement is you're a grief mediator. And Every one of us are touched by grief, but can you 
further describe it for us so we know we are? Uh, you know, grief is anytime you experience a loss, and that would be loss from your life, and it's like a mathematical equation. When you subtract something out, it loses balance. And uh, originally, people only associated loss with death and dying. But yes. as years have come by, you know, it, it's evolved. Loss is when you end a relationship, when you move, yes. when you are morbidly obese and you need to lose weight, you grieve a medical condition. When people right. are diagnosed with cancer, they grieve a severe medical diagnosis. When kids are bullied at school, they grieve not feeling like they fit in and what they have to face each day. Um, you know, our, our military, these folks suffer grief. Oh, Post-traumatic yeah. stress syndrome. You know, it has another word, but it's still a grief process. Mm-hmm. Um, animals grieve, kids grieve, adults grieve. It has no limitation to who knows this form of loss. Right. And so when it says what is grief versus clinical depression, what, I mean, you, we all have Clin- grief, but what does it look like? Uh, you know, grief has, has, there are a total of seven phases of a grief cycle. There were additionally five stages identified by Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who the first groundbreaking book on grief was published back in 1969 called On Death and Dying. Um, you know, yes. hers were, her five phases, you know, they can occur mm-hmm. in any order. And mm-hmm. I certainly agree with that. But in the 5,000 patients I've worked with, I've identified two additional phases. The first one is always fear. You have an immediate loss, you're scared. And at the yeah. end, when you are healing, I leave my patients in what I call the forgetfulness phase. You still live with the trauma, but you forget about it minute to minute. It's always there. You evolve the grief process. A changed person, and you never want to forget about your loss, but you want to feel better and live in that happy space again. Clinical right. depression and grief present many times with the same symptoms, insomnia, sadness, um, you may have a change of appetite, weight gain, mm-hmm. weight loss, right. fatigue. It, when you mm-hmm. have clinical depression, you are going to feel these symptoms pretty much physically and emotionally consistently during the day. Most of the time, that should be diagnosed, managed, and treated by a physician. You should certainly have a therapist that you work with because certainly the talking through any medical cycle or, or any life event helps you. Grief. You, you have it, you know you're sad, but, you know, you can kind of get up and go on and function during the day. Uh, right. You're not going to miss so many days of work. You know, certainly when someone passes away or you're in a relationship, you may have two or three weeks or even four weeks where you kind of need to isolate yourself to mm-hmm. sort things out and get yourself in that feel-better place. But then you can kind of pick up and go on with yourself. Yeah. When you say medical, are you saying that you need at that time some sort of chemical to help you get through it, such as an antidepressant, or are you saying walk, 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 that type of thing? Uh, No, you know, when I say medical, clinical depression should always be diagnosed by a physician. Um, There are psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, MDs, most OBGYNs that work with female clients, they are certainly going to be able to work with you with clinical depression. Clinical right. depression in a patient's medical record has many terms. It may mm-hmm. be called for women. Uh, postmenstrual syndrome, how many of us have had that? You know, right. I, as many OBGYNs as I've worked with in the last 35 years, there's not one that will tell you, oh, every female patient I have has some type of depression or anxiety associated mm-hmm. with PMS. 
um, mm. associated with endometriosis, associated with, you know, chronic cystitis or mm-hmm. urinary yeah. tract infection, these type of OBGYN conditions. Mm-hmm. Mm. Depression may need to be treated with an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety drug while you are working through that depression cycle. I right. have the best person to work through this and diagnose it is, of course, you and your physician together. Right. You know, what makes me sad, and, and certainly when I went, my transition, you know, was an, a, a grieving for my a 26-year marriage that had died. And so that was the thing that really affected me. And when I just couldn't stop crying, that's when I went to my doctor and he helped me with, a, you know, medicine, a prescription. Yeah. But then uh, what I see happens so often is that women go through the grief cycle and never get off of these things. That's exactly right. And, you know, you go to your physician, and yes, you may have clinical depression, and yes, you are grieving a loss. Grief Mm -hmm. will evolve into clinical depression if you don't work through the full grief cycle. So there's no set amount of time. If somebody passes away, it may take a widow a year to Mm -hmm. to feel like she's in a better place, certainly not healed completely, but where she can kind of begin to stick her toe out the door, you know, and feel a bit more independent after the loss of the spouse. For each of us, that journey is different. But, you know, when you see something last more than a few weeks to 90 days and you're Mm -hmm. still in that same place, you need to take positive action for yourself so that you can begin to get better. Right. Yeah. Well, um, that's the only thing that, that I, you know, I'm still going back to that is I do think women tend to, sometimes get on medicine and live the rest of their life on that medicine, not realizing that they pass through the grief, that they can get off of it and, and be happy. Yeah. And that, that is certainly a joint conversation between that patient and their physician. You should right. never stop taking oh, yeah. any medication right. and just throw that bottle in the trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, will, no. That is not, that's not right. You will yeah. have you will suffer side effects from not tapering a medication. So right. you know, people need to have very patients are not talking to their doctors anymore. We've lost the day when, you know, the doctor the family doctor goes to your church where you yeah. see them and they kinda know what's going on in your life. They know your kids' names and their dog's names. We don't have that in our communities anymore. So yeah. people have to communicate with their physician and say, You know what? I've been on this medicine for five years. Do I need to continue on it? Why do you continue to refill this prescription? You have to own your health care and ask your physician good questions. Very good point. Very good point, Gail. Um, yeah, it has our, our um, uh, we have to be responsible for our own medicines. You know, we have to take charge right. of, of not just listening totally to the doctor, but also realizing we have decisions to make whether we want to keep taking that drug or not. So, but where does the, I call them, I'm going to call them the soft remedies, such as putting into practice exercise and sleeping better and all of that. Where does that come into play in handling depressions? Well, you know, depression and grief all are part of our mood. And I have a mood formula that I use, and I use this on television a lot. I use it when I'm speaking at medical school. M, yeah. motion, mood, exercise, 
You know what? Emotion creates positive emotion. Oh, observe. Observe your behavior. Know when it's Know what makes you happy and sad, what impacts you as a positive and a negative. Oh, outdoors, get outside, plant a garden, mm-hmm. walk the dog. I rock yeah. in my rocking chair on the front porch. I do have a garden. I have a dog and I have horses. So we are always outside. And mm. see, day at a time, you know, live today. Live in the present moment. Quit worrying so much about yesterday because you know what? It's gone. Right. And Tomorrow is is coming, but live in this present moment and enjoy the moment. Right. Yeah. Good advice. Really good advice. Well, we we are. um, Well, before we move on, are there signs that someone could know that they are moving, that they really need to go for help? I mean, specific signs. Did you already mention those? Have I missed? No, I didn't. You know, there's. Talked about a few of the medical conditions. I can give you three very good examples of celebrities who were depressed, who who had tragic outcomes with their life. The right. Michael Jackson mistake, isolation. Isolation is one of the first major symptoms that you may be moving into a severe clinical depression. The Anna Nicole Smith slip, self medication, alcohol and drugs, and then yeah. the Robin Williams regret, suicidal thoughts. We all know the tragic outcome of Michael Jackson and Nicole Smith and Robin Jackson's lives. They suffered from depression. All three of them treated, self-treated it differently, and we all know that they lost their lives. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's always so tragic when you hear, and of course our famous people we always hear about, but there are those people in our communities that suffer with some of those very same symptoms and, uh, you know, take their lives or do other crazy things. But and there are hotline stories. There are suicide hotlines. You can get on Google and type it. You know, there are call centers that are open 24 hours a day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there are rape crisis hotlines. There's you know, sexual abuse hotlines. There's a suicide hotline for people when they're moving into a crisis to make a phone call to help them get past that moment. Yeah, that's good advice right there. Uh, not always going to a friend is a, is the solution that you need. You need to go to no. trained uh, yeah. people that can really support you through these major transitions. Well, we are entering a really big holiday known for depression. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about holiday depression because somehow it creeps into almost every one of our lives when we least expect it. We think it's going to be a happy holiday, and then all of a sudden, we may be a little depressed, particularly after it gets quiet again. Family members go back to their homes, and we are sat sitting in our homes alone. So we want to talk about holiday depression for those people that have no family as well. They're alone, and how do we get around this? Because it can come and creep into our lives without even realizing it's going to be there. So when we come back, we will be talking with Gail, and I know she will help us with this. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. 
Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Gail Trauco and I have had the best conversation today talking about, not so much about the grief, the subject is sad, but it's very informational that we can take this information and, and use it in our lives. We can use it in other people's lives. We can give guidance perhaps to suggest they go for grief canceling or see somebody that can support them during grief. One of the times of life of the year that we see an increase in grief is certainly during the holidays. I've, ex- I've experienced it, I think, Many of us have experienced it at different times, but this is the season when uh, depression seems to increase. Now, Gail, how, why do you think that is? You know, the media creates such a hype for the holidays, and everywhere we look, it's the perfect family on television with a snowball outside the window. And for many of us, we don't have that family. I'm one of those people. I'm a single mom. And so it'll be me and my sons. My sisters live in other cities yeah. uh, around the U.S. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, we get so much external pressure that we create unrealistic expectations for ourselves. And yes. certainly when you're, we're coming up on the holidays, Joyce, the significant loss of family or spouse or a recent breakup, that's a different type of grief. You know, that, that, that truly is what I, you know, I, and I feel it myself mm-hmm. as that holiday depression. But, yeah. you know, there's, there's four really easy ways to avoid holiday depression. And I'll give you some great examples. The Blake Sheldon. Begin a new tradition. 
What did he do when he had relationship problems with Miranda Lambert? He went and got him a new gorgeous blonde. He doesn't look sad <laughs> to me anymore. <laughs> no, that helped him to recover really fast. <laughs> it did. It's too bad he didn't have my number in his phone, right? Uh, <laughs> yes. That's right. Oh, that's the, Santa, the Santa syndrome, holiday pressures. You know, everywhere we go, I always want to hear. I listen to Sirius XM radio in my car all the time. So, yep. You know, Channel 18 right now is nothing but classic holiday music. Every mm-hmm. time I hear Bing Crosby singing White Christmas, I want to just run to a place in the mountains that has a snowfall. Well, that ain't going to happen because it won't be snowing here in Atlanta <laughs> on Christmas Day. So, yeah, we unnecessary pressure on myself. And then mm-hmm. the Jimmy Carter technique. What did President Carter do? Even though he recently had brain met for melanoma, he volunteered. He was out building houses for Habitat for Humanity. What was just released in the media this week, his new scans at Emory, President Carter is disease-free of his cancer right now. Oh, wow. Is that not an amazing story for a positive attitude, you know, positive action, where, you know, our, our wonderful President Carter was giving back, and what did he receive? but a clear bill of health from his cancer. And then the last one to avoid depression, the Steve Irwin, get back to nature. Every time you think about Steve Irwin, our great alligator guy from Australia, you see (laughs) him out in these parks, you know, wrestling with alligators. I never saw a segment with this guy when he didn't have a smile on his face, even wrestling an alligator. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, we get back to nature, you know. And, And I'm telling you, spending time outside just for a few minutes, you're naturally mm-hmm. absorbing vitamin D in your body, mm-hmm. which boosts your immune system. And just that simple movement, and I'm not talking about you don't have to be able to run a marathon. I can't run a marathon. Um, <laughs> but just a simple movement, you know, walk up and down the driveway to the mailbox if mm-hmm. you have some medical challenges. Um, you know, you do what you can do. I work with patients in, in the infusion chairs at receiving chemo. You know, right now while they're sick, they can't do a lot of physical movement, but you right. know, you can raise your arms and reach for the stars. If you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see some videos and some of my television segments where, you know, mood lifters are very simple movements, raising your arms, shaking both arms to shake off negative energy and getting a leg up on it. You know, shake both yeah. legs, the right one and the left one. Just a movement will improve your brain weight. Yeah. Is your YouTube, what is your, is it called? Um, Gail Trowco. Just Gail Oh, it's Trowco. your name. Okay. Yep, cool. it is. Well, you know, I've also found that I've had to, in my life, sort of put some effort into planning my holiday. You know, not leaving it up to chance. Um, right. If I don't want to sit alone at um, on Christmas Eve, I get something going. Now, yep. this year, you know, I'm singing in the church choir. I love singing, so I'm back to singing. And we are singing all over the place. So that's, of course, going to be part of my Christmas Eve. But, you know, if you if you see that you're going to be alone, then ask a girlfriend, ask a guy friend to come sit with you, do something, go to the movie, something. Just be proactive in changing the results that you didn't like last year. And, you know, you can generally find somebody, and you will you will find that once you start opening yourself up, we all need friends. We all need socialization. So once you kind of put that little feeler out there, 
you'll find that there's some other folks, too, that don't have anything going. Well, you know what? We all have a kitchen in the house. So yeah. if everybody, you know, cook, cover dish and you come together or you find a central, you know, you may find a family. In my house, we always have extra people that show yeah. up, you know, college students that can't go home for the holidays. Many times I have students that live with us while the local colleges are closed. Um, oh, that's I, I, nice. So, oh, I always have. I never know who's going to be in my kitchen at the table. Um, <laughs> so it's that it's that open heart where, you know, my, and I grew up in a family. There was always enough room for one more mouth to feed. There was yes. never a lack. For whatever was yeah. on that table, there was enough to go around. So right. I think sharing yeah. Sharing your message that, you know what, I need a place to go for the holidays, and I think it's brilliant that you plan something. Uh, you yeah. know, the, I love, I'm not Catholic, but mm-hmm. I certainly love Catholic masses, and I think one of the most beautiful services I ever see is on Christmas Eve at the Catholic Church, and that yeah. is a tradition for me. Yeah, to go. Yeah, right. To go to Mass. Yeah. And a lot of these things are free for folks. You don't have to pay for it. Right. Well, for those little busybodies that that do have a full schedule, something they, that we do during the holidays, I think, is kind of over abuse the drink, the food, the we change yeah. our diet so much that I think those add to the the depressions of the holidays. You know, just changing our life does that. Yeah, you know, it's uh, everything in moderation is a great quote that I learned from President Spencer W. Kimball. He was one of the great presidents of the LDS Church. Yeah. Um, and and one of the things that he always taught every time I would hear him speak was all things in moderation. So, you know what? If you want to eat a candy bar, eat it. Just don't eat the whole bag like I used to do. You know, there were six in there. I was going to eat all six of them. <laughs> well, you didn't want to leave anything in the bag, you know. I don't want to leave anything behind. So, you know, I, I'm not a drinker, but, you know, alcohol in moderation is certainly better than excess. Yeah, right. So those are some really great suggestions for the holiday depression. And I think one of the things is, as you said, as is mentioned with those five steps of grief, not being... Um, um, what do I want to say, in denial, that yes. depression does happen in the holidays. And when we think, oh, it's not, it will. So I think pre-planning is really important. Well, I can give you the latest CDC statistics that I got last week. December has the lowest suicide attempt rate of any month of the year. January, December does? December has the lowest. Oh, There's that's something cool. about the holidays for people that are depressed or having have a suicidal tendency. They're they're comforted by much of you know from Thanksgiving until until after Christmas. They are yeah. comforted by all of the Christmas trees and I'm sure decorations and stores and parades and family right. family gatherings that they see promoted. Right. January is when CDC reports we see a forty percent increase in the number of suicide attempts. <sighs> so depression, really? holiday depression, is extremely real. 40% increase in the month of January. Well, that is sort of surprising to me that it's in January. I would have thought it was in the December, but it's when we get back to our regular lives that we get depressed, right? It's right back when we're trying to get right back in the swing of things. And this is going to carry on. You know, Valentine's Day is right on the heel of Thanksgiving, Christmas holidays. This is going to carry on through Valentine's Day, especially for right. people that have had a love loss. It's a very hard oh, time yeah. for, for people who've had that love loss. 
Right. Yeah. Um, I'm of the age that people are always, that's happening a lot to couples. And uh, it's, it's just hurts my heart not to be able to, is there anything you can do in a situation like that when you see somebody that is struggling? I mean, I want to help, but I sometimes have uh, a fear of sticking my nose in where it shouldn't be. You know, sometimes I, I think the little things that have have struck me and stayed with me the most when I was growing up in Boggy Bottom were when we had a need, you know, when somebody passed away along, this is the old generation, people brought food to the home. They yeah. brought the cake off. They made a casserole. Um, yeah. You know what? And sometimes somebody just cut flowers out of their garden and brought them for no reason to put on the kitchen table. It's those little things that you can do for somebody. You don't have to say anything. You can say, I was just thinking about you, and drop it off and leave it. You don't need a long conversation. But to let that person know that you thought about them in a positive way is a great thing. My office, Front Porch Therapy, I have a mailing list every month. Anybody that emails me or sends me their mailing address, I have a greeting card list. They get a greeting card in their mailbox between the 1st and the 15th of every month of every year. It's not solicitation. It's just a card there to say, you know what? We were thinking mm. about you, and we yeah. hope you have a nice day today. That's awesome. I like that, Gail. That's so really if there's anybody in the listening nice audience, Joyce, all they have to do is email me. They, you can find my Facebook page. You can email me on Facebook. We will add you to the mailing list. It's not a solicitation, and it gets put in the U.S. mail. What is, what is your address? Quickly. Uh, my email address is gail at frontporchtherapy.com. G-A-I-L at frontporchtherapy.com. Cool. Well, you may see one from me. I'd just like to I'll, get that little greeting, Gail. You know what? People <laughs> love it, Joyce. Yes, they love it. Back. I started yeah. it about 18 months ago. And, you know, it wasn't too long later. I started getting cards from people. Um, oh, that's cool. With a message, you know, they're on the mailing list and they said, you know what? I look forward to this every month. And when my, I have a new book that's out. I, it's a very short book. It's a photo journal about grief. I mailed all of those out to the people on the mailing cool. list when that book was out. I certainly can't do that for thousands, but we, I get a very positive response to this greeting card list. Okay. And how many, how many regular, um, cards do you get in the mail every day i've already started getting christmas cards so i thought well i'm back from harvard now i gotta do my christmas cards this week we'll be back shortly to talk with gail transformational coach motivational speaker and author joyce buford returns after this short break Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? 
Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, TrishaGoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We have had such a wonderful time today talking with Gail Trauco. This lady has so much good information, practical information that we need to put into our daily lives because we all we all go through grief. It's not unique. You are we are all human, and we are going to go through it. The important part is to know how to get through it and to know it's not going to stay. And if it is how we can get rid of it. What's the next move? So I wanted Gail to just take a few steps, few moments to go back and revisit the stages of grief so that you, my dear friends, my dear listeners, you know when you need to take action. And these are all, everybody's got to go through these, everybody, including me, we all have to go through them. So Gail, what what are the seven stages so we can help my listeners know they're in grief? You know, when I was given my lecture at Harvard on Saturday, I, mm-hmm. I developed an analogy to describe the phases of grief. We have four seasons of the year. There's yeah. also a fifth season, a season of the heart, grief. Every single person is going to experience a grief cycle or more than one grief cycle every calendar year. The first mm-hmm. phase is always fear. You know, you suddenly have a loss, and you're in a demise because you may have lost a job, ended a relationship. You might have gone through foreclosure. And in this grief, and in the fear stage, you imagine the worst possible scenario for the outcome. Well, you know, it just happened, so you don't know what the outcome is going to be, so worry kicks in. And it can be very overwhelming. Um, right. In the fear stage, Joyce, you have all these questions. Well, what do I do now? How could this happen to me? What if I never recover? How will I possibly get through all of this? So right. this this is all part of that fear stage, all of these questions. And it kicks in. It's like it's like when you go to Walmart and they give you the total and you swipe that card. Well, when mm-hmm. you swipe that card, grief has kicked in with that loss. Mm-hmm. And, and your fear stage has kicked in. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. Uh, there, there is five, it. All of, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Joyce. 
Well, I was just saying, I mean, there isn't a person listening or on this earth that haven't gone through those fear fears that you just mentioned, at least one or two of them, because we're human and we're living a lot of those grief moments, those fears are based on past experience. So, yes. Oh, please go ahead with more stages. You know, there are five. Now, fear is always going to come first, so we're going to leave that one as number one. I'm going to discuss an additional five phases of fear. These may occur in any order. You may experience these five more than once during a grief cycle. Denial. You're suddenly in a shock because you had a loss, and you want to buffer it. So you tend to question your past actions, you know, if it's your fault. You know, what should I have done? You know, could I have done something sooner to have prevented this loss? And, you know, in the denial phase, this is where you're kind of talking to yourself in your head. Um, You know, my thighs aren't too big. Well, if I get liposuction, honey, they won't be big at all. Or (laughs) I'm too fat. You know, I'm never going to find someone new if you've ended a relationship. It's all all your mind chatter in the the denial phase, which is very negative. Um, You know, what you say in your head kind of projects the way you're living and, you know, the way your interactions with people. So positive mental chatter is very important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, anger. Well, you know, when you have a loss, we all know that we're angry because, you know, our life's out of balance and you suffered a loss. You lost your home. You don't have a place to live. You, you, you have a death in the family. You lost somebody that you've loved your whole life. If you were married, you may have, and your husband passed away, you may have lost your Financial stability. You know, the children have lost father. And suddenly you have this whole life that was, you know, it was there. It was happening. And then you have nothing if if that's Mm -hmm. the type of loss you're experiencing. Um, You're mad at yourself. You're mad at other people. And, you know, I've been through that loss, and you have too, Joyce, with the board. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like what you said there. You're mad at yourself, and you're mad at other people. I think yeah. a lot of people we strike at, we think of other people, we're mad at other people. But deep down, I think there's the anger at ourselves for allowing it to happen, for being part of it. for, And that's very subtle, <laughs> very subtle. Well, it, we is very, it is. And, you know, we for those of us who are very independent women, we mm-hmm. don't like to acknowledge that we made a mistake in a relationship at work, you know, with children, anywhere. That's very yeah. hard. But when you... When you say, you know, there were two parties involved, and I'm going to use the relationship with this, you know, for yeah. a divorce or ending a yeah. relationship, there were two people involved. So yep. there was there was some accountability on each person's part. Now, my my ex-husband, it was certainly infidelity and abuse, and um, I wasn't going to put up with that anymore. But right. sometimes now I'm very hesitant to even think about getting involved in a new relationship because... And this is from 2001 until now. This is almost 15 years later. Can mm-hmm. I trust that person? So there's right. that trust factor there. And I don't know, you know, maybe I'll 100% get over it and maybe I won't. Um, but I, I kind of step back and I'm always, uh, you know, the Atlanta Hawks sitting on the sidelines. I'm observing what's going on for mm-hmm. everybody else around me to see if they're going to take anything out of my life's equation. And that is right. very much a result of the anger phase of a grief cycle. Right. Yeah, and there's point. there are a lot of other women that can identify with that feeling. Oh yeah, um, right. And then the yeah. depression. You know, the depression phase really requires 
cooperation from your friends and family while the person that's grieving works through your emotions of sadness and regret. And I want everybody to remember those two words for the depression portion of a grief cycle, sadness and regret. You know, you're sad that you're going through it. You're sad you've had a loss. And then you regret that your life has changed and that you've had a loss. So, you know, you may, you, you choose some, to spend some time alone, um, and other people kind of not need to try to pin you down to discuss these things at, at length, but to let you have the opportunity to open up when you're ready to. And it's not going to be in a day. It's going to take a little while. Um, and you just have, that's our day at a time, living one day at a time. And then bargaining. You know, you come back to God and you say, you know what, God, why am I going through this divorce? Why, what happened? Why did you take this person away? Why are they no longer alive? You know, what, mm, what have I yeah. done that, that I've incurred this loss? Well, you know, you, you said something very powerful a while ago. You said, as soon as you begin this bargaining phase, when that conversation with God, he's already taken action in your life. He's already mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. He's already there to bring you comfort while you are going through this loss cycle. Right. I, I wanted to ask a question about the depression. When you said sadness and regret that we yeah. all have that, I've, I've worked with some ladies that they will say, I didn't have any of that. And, and you know, you really can't say, I don't believe you, but it's almost like they're, de- well, they're denying that they did. And isn't it when you can accept that there is sadness and de- denial isn't that part of the process? That's, that is definitely part of the process, and that's why working with a grief expert is so important to figure out where you're at in a grief cycle and to yeah. help you as you move through these other phases because it's a very emotional period of time in our life yeah. when we're going through grief. Yeah, yeah. All right, moving on. And then acceptance, you know, you, and this is right before we're going to go into the final phase, acceptance is going to kind of come at the end. Um, Mm -hmm. You're beginning to get back to your day-to-day responsibilities with career, with kids, with pets. You're doing the laundry. You're buying groceries again. You're rocking in that rocking chair twice a day instead of once a month. You know, (laughs) you're beginning, you always will, you will never be the same person. Every time you experience a loss, and neither would you want to be that same person. Because right. you've lost something that you love, but you learn to live with that loss. And that is when you enter the forgetfulness phase. And I learned this again from President Spencer W. Kimball. He had a great quote that said, you know, anytime we have sinned, that you know that God has forgiven you because a forgetfulness will come over you. And that was mm. why I call this phase of a grief cycle forgetfulness. You know, you begin to forgive yourself as you learn to live with the loss. And the changes that you've come through as a person and begin to live in this forgetfulness space, which is where mm-hmm. you want to be. Uh, returning mm-hmm. to, you know, your normal functions, day-to-day life. Uh, for me, it was to embark on moving my career and establishing it in, in a better way. It was mm-hmm. to move it. And that was when I went back and did tons more coursework in counseling and grief and, you know, hypnotherapy. You know, I spent seven years going back taking, you know, higher level education courses to mm-hmm. get myself in a better place. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you think the forgiveness part, and we're almost out, but I've just got to ask this question uh, out of time. Uh, do you think the forgiveness of self and the forgiveness of the other person 
is key to being able to move on? I think it's definitely key, Joyce, and probably even the self-forgiveness more important than, especially in the loss of the end of a relationship, a person that's passed away or a love relationship that we did. Um, You know, you have to get to the point where you do forgive that person. If you have children, you're going to have to continue to interact with that person um, for the rest of your life, you know, for the rest of those children's lives. So it's really a healthy place to live. It's a healthy place to want to be in that forgetfulness phase. Well, I just, you know, I just, we have finished all of the grief stages, correct? Yes, Yes, all seven of them. And I could just keep talking about this because I think it's such an important um, area of our lives. And I am so excited to know that there is Gail Trauco out there doing this work because it is so needed in helping us have a really full and prosperous life. So I thank you so much for being on my show today. George, thank you for having it. The message that if I hope touches one life, um, it it was it was worth every second of being here with you. And it's great to talk to you again. You're always an inspiration for me, and I'm so glad that I met you and had the opportunity to be with you on stage at Harvard Saturday. I know it was just meant to be, Gail. Meant to be. <laughs> so. I think it was too. And I think the timing of this show is so good with the holidays coming up. And um, so I look forward to sharing that it's going to be shared with a lot of people and it's going, it is going to change lives. So I uh, appreciate that you took your time because I know you are a very, very busy lady. And I appreciate that you gave time to this show. So thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, George. So, I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you, listeners, for being here with us today. It's very important that you share this message. Touch somebody else's life. Let them know of this show. It could change their lives. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, Women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at